Welcome to McChesney Unchained, a new show on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Before we jump into it, we want you to know that this is a little different than our other shows. Matt McChesney is going to give you an uncensored take on what's going on in the football world, and if you have kids around, you may want to listen to this at another time. McChesney's opinions do not represent those of BSN Denver, but they are real, and they come from a CU legend who spent six years battling in the NFL trenches. Now, sit back and enjoy the show. And welcome to episode 35 of McChesney Unchained on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. I am your host, as always, Matt McChesney, coming to you from 6-0 Studios here at 6-0 Football Academy. This place is called The Bridge for a reason. Check it out at 6-0strength.com. We've got guys blowing up in the sumbitch. We've got guys getting drafted. We've got guys going to the Pro Bowl. We've got guys going full ride. A uh, ton of competition, ton of coaches stopping by looking for talent, so... Things are good. If you're looking for opportunity, check, check out 60strength.com or at 60academy on Twitter and Instagram. We have a hell of a show for you here on episode 35 of McChesney Unchained. Um, remember to follow the show on Twitter also at BSN Unchained. So, uh, Jake the Snake Plumber is going to be our guest here uh, on episode 35. He'll be on the show a little bit later. We'll try and run through some of the logistics stuff before we get Jake on to talk about everything from the Broncos to what he's doing now. Uh, to the draft, to the future of the Broncos, to John Elway and his thinking, to Chris Harris, to CU, Arizona State, first play of, first uh, game of Pac-12 play down there in Arizona next year, so we'll talk about that rivalry a little bit, the future of college football, and really everything, you know. Uh, Jake the Snake Plumber is one of the uh, most knowledgeable cats in the game, and he's he's a the tip of the spear when it comes to change and really pushing for the players to have uh, a little bit better care uh, medically as well with, you know, marijuana and, and uh, its role in the future of sports medicine and how the NFL can kind of be the tip of the spear there. I'll talk to him about that as well. So, looking forward to it. Episode 35 is going to kick ass as usual. Uh, Robin Trower brought us in there, so that's pretty cool. Number one, I went and saw Avengers Endgame. Um, man, it was special. Hell of a movie. I'm not going to ruin it for anybody, but damn, it was good. Uh, so definitely go see that. And then the fourth episode of Game of Thrones, the Battle of Winterfell, was absolutely insane. I mean, what a goddamn show that is, huh? Um, I just think that, you know, there's only three episodes left, and I just really, really, really hope that what I think is going to happen happens. Um, so if, I'm not going to spoil that for you if you haven't seen it, but if you haven't seen it and you call yourself a fan, what the fuck are you doing, man? So check all that out uh, because it was pretty kick-ass. All right, so look, right off the bat, we get started with the Wearbands Quick Step. Check out Wearbands.com, 6020 uh, is the promo code for 20% off where you can get the product down here at 60. Um, <clears throat> right off the bat, the Nuggets close out San Antonio at home in Game 7. Uh, the crowd was off the hook. They couldn't even hear Popovich, but, I mean, if you're playing, you know, power forward and center for 12 years like Aldridge, maybe you should know to take a timeout. 
they rolled that and all that momentum after Portland was sitting on their ass after they took care of Oklahoma City pretty quick 4-1. Uh, Denver played seven, and they rolled in with the momentum, and they took care of Portland in, in game one. Uh, Djokovic is about as good as they get at the five, you know, the stretch four or five. He's a, he can play everywhere on the floor. He's incredible in the paint. He's got the best ball skills I've ever seen on a big man. Um, you know, he's an absolute weapon and he's young and the, I'm telling you, the Nuggets have such a young core. This team is primed for greatness moving forward. So don't be surprised if they take care of Portland, although Lillard is a stud, but he's going to have to score fucking 60 for them to win. So look, game two is tonight. Uh, you know, Wednesday evening, so we'll see how that goes. Going back to Portland, Rip City's not a place, an easy place to win, so they need to take care of business tonight and go back to Portland up 2-0. All right, um, is Golden State unbeatable? I say yes. I used to be a huge Golden State fan, but I love Chris Mullen and Timmy Hardaway and back in the day when they were the underdog, and now they're just loaded. You know, is KD going to team up with Kyrie in the offseason? That's going to be interesting. I could give a shit about regular season basketball. But the playoffs are pretty good, just like the NHL. I can give a shit about the NHL regular season, but the playoffs have been awesome. The Avs are kicking ass. You know, they're they're battling right now in the second round as well. So we'll see what happens when it comes down to it. But if the Nuggets can take care of Portland, they got Golden State looming, so we'll see how that goes. All right, NFL draft winner and losers, opening thoughts. Um, first, I despise Roger Goodell even more. I mean, dude. Will you be a fucking businessman and stop hugging everybody and acting like you're their boy and like you're so fucking excited to potentially find everyone and make everybody feel bad about themselves down the road and fuck with everybody because that's what he does. So what? He's shaking hands and giving hugs. And the, oh, you're my dog. I can't wait to find the fuck out of you. I can't wait to like legislate punishment with no jury on you and I can't wait to just be a total fucking hypocrite. So Roger Goodell, how about a handshake? Stop hugging everybody and shit. God almighty, I hate this guy. What a fucking chump. Um, it's a business act like it. You know, it, the same guys you're hugging, you're going to turn around and suspend for whatever fucking reason you deem fit. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, the Giants, everybody thinks they lost. I don't know why they picked Daniel Jones at six, but I'm not the GM, so roll with it, I guess. They got a great player in the first round as well with Lawrence. He's a great defensive tackle out of Clemson. Uh, I thought the Raiders stretched at four to pick uh, the, the defensive end that they got Farrell out of Clemson. But, I mean, the guy's a first-round pick anyway. They just wanted him, and they took him. So our evaluation process out here in the public is not what the Giants are doing with, Gill with uh, Dave Gillum and then what Mayock is doing in Oakland. You know, that guy's been around the Combine forever. The Combine is bullshit. We all know that. Yet it has its, you know, its advantages as well. So the Raiders... Three first-round picks. I don't know if they got a great player at any of the positions, but they're the Raiders, and they fuck up everything, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, look, the Steelers. <clears throat> My thoughts on the Steelers are, are crazy. Number one, I think all this craziness happened when Ryan Shazier got hurt. When Shazier got hurt, I think Le'Veon Bell looked at that and said, I'm not playing anymore unless I get super paid, and he didn't. Um... Antonio Brown did the same thing and said, look, if, if everything's so finite that this is what it is, I'm not playing unless it's on my, you know, on my, uh, on my schedule and on my clock, and then I want to get super paid. And Roethlisberger looked at it as my window's short, and I've got to be a super prick in order to get everybody to buy in, and Le'Veon and Antonio didn't. So I think that that was the breaking point for Pittsburgh. 
For Tomlin to say that they've cleansed the team, dude, how can you look at your team and say you've gotten better? You just let Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell walk the fuck out of the room. So don't send me this bullshit about how Pittsburgh got better. They may have cleansed everything, I guess, but it's funny how the, the coaches act when they want to get rid of a player. I, I just feel like trying to tell your team that you got better after getting rid of Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown is straight horseshit. So, you know, it, it was an interesting weekend in that regard when you think about the Steelers. Um, winners, New England, I thought they did a great job getting Jared Stenham in the fourth. The Colts, trading out of the first, getting all the third round or second round picks that they got. They did a good job again. And I thought the Cardinals did a pretty good job. You know, Rosen and the, the Kyler Murray situation is just that. It's a pretty interesting situation. And honestly, I'd love to get Jake the Snake's plumber on, plumber's uh, rundown on this. So we're going to bring Jake on now. Uh, you know, Jake played at Arizona State and obviously the quarterback for the Cardinals and the Denver Broncos for many years. Uh, it was one of uh, the, the early innovators of the dual threat quarterback. He could definitely get out of the pocket and make it look stupid and uh, didn't have a problem rifling it down the field at all. So we're bringing on Jake right now to talk quarterbacks. So hold on to your ass here on BSN Unchained on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. It's my honor to bring in Jake Plummer, 10-year NFL vet, quarterback for the Arizona State Fighting Sun Devils and the Arizona Cardinals for years and your Denver Broncos. Uh, in studio here at Six Zero Studios, as always, I'm Matt McChesney here on McChesney Unchained on the BSM Denver Podcast Network. Jake, my man, what's happening? Man, I'm just down this uh, southern part of the state uh, coming to see what you got going here, Matt. It's pretty impressive. Six Zero is a place to train, it looks like, down here in uh, the Dove Valley area. Yeah, we try, man. And look, we just met about ReadyList, yeah. your company, and you and Chad Freehoff and everything you guys are doing. I'm telling you, folks... ReadyList Sports is about to blow up. I'm blown away by the presentation today. I think it's the future of the, the mental side of the game. Anybody that listens to me routinely or works with me knows I constantly preach chess, not checkers. And this is the ultimate chess move. So talk about ReadyList a little bit, just briefly, yeah. and just give everybody a, 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 a brief synopsis and then how they can find it as well. Yeah, well, first I'll, I'll say where you can find it is ReadyListSports.com. Uh, you know, I, I am uh, a co-founder, part owner of the company with Chad Freehoff. I give all the credit where credit is due. Is This is Chad's brainchild. What I did was big look brain. at it. Yes, a big, big brain on Freehoff. Mind's brain. Plus, you know, Harlan Hill Trophy winner, so he had some game also. Uh, so he came with the idea, and what, what I did was really get in the doors that we needed to get into because I, through 10 years in the league, had established some very good – uh, relationships, one being with Adam Gase, the OC at Denver at the time. We went up there and he said, wow, where's this thing now? Well, it was in a PowerPoint at that time, but with the CBA rule, uh, 2 p.m. departure of rookies and everybody out of the building, you know, as a coach, that's frustrating. You're trying to teach your guys chess. Everything. And they're leaving with, you know, checkers, going home playing checkers. So, yeah, it's, it's really encapsulates multiple learning styles into one modality to help players efficiently learn their playbook and coaches get a better understanding of where their players stand and basically just up the whole entire knowledge level of football. And, and look, we talked about this earlier when we were meeting, but one of the biggest problems is, you know, the ability to deal with failure. Yep. And then rather than looking at it as you're losing and looking at it as learning. And then <laughs> it's funny, we were talking about meetings, especially when you're young and you, you haven't figured it out, but have a bad play. 
and then you dwell on it all night. Mm-hmm. And you walk into the meeting room the next day and you're nervous and that's all you're thinking about. So you're thinking about failing too. It's never as bad as you think it is and then it's never as good as you think it is also. Okay. And what ReadyList does is it, it allows the coach to test the players without the whole world knowing you failed or did a bad job. And it allows everybody to actually have a baseline to start and then just progression off of that. Sure. And, and if you like football... When I first saw this, when Chad brought it up and we started going over all the formations and trips and all the route combinations and the fronts and the, the, the protections and the fact that you can draw the lines to where they go, it's got to be a coach's dream because it's going to eliminate so much time. And then on top of that, from a developmental standpoint, if I'm a kid, this is the road to go down if I want to learn. Yeah. You, you get it, Matt. I mean, you see, you understand just through your travels and your, your time in the league, not even just the league and college and high school and all your football experience. When kids know what they're doing, when they have a knowledge of what the coach wants, it's a more enjoyable experience. There's, it less, fun. there's less stress, you know, with real-time testing. And I say that as in, you know, a coach could make a playbook, send it to his players, and that night understand if they retained hundred percent of what he taught them or 70 percent so tomorrow at practice we know what we're working exactly when we walk into the meeting we actually have something to go on exactly exactly and then you mentioned like dwelling on what you did wrong for me it was like that test they would give you on saturdays (laughs) what if it's the hay should be in the barn by saturday Uh, hey what's the question (laughs) of number 17 (laughs) exactly you know i mean that's why me and chad kind of got a good relationship i was helping him by correcting his test as a rookie when we passed it to the left to grade it in, in the quarterback room. So, you know, for me, it's, it's become something that less of like, hey, I'm a business owner. I want to make millions of dollars. No, I want to help these kids yeah. play better, play faster, play with a quiet mind, avoid the feelings that I had some days. Of play just with a quiet mind. Go to sleep. Wow. Yeah, going to sleep without with wishing you had another hour yeah. of study. We want to take that out of a kid's, like, stress levels. And I say quiet mind. That was Mark Tressman. I love it. My OC in Arizona who said, Jake, my goal is to get you to play with a quiet mind, which means you're not even thinking anymore. You're just letting your true athleticism come out. Now that's when greatness happens. And look, I think a lot of what holds coaches back at times is them not being able to say, I don't know either. The the best (laughs) thing possible, in my personal opinion, for football is I don't know. That's true, man. You know, I don't, I don't know. And then all of a sudden, somebody gets to coach and teach instead yeah. of just line guys up on a board. And then when something goes wrong, the 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 coach that doesn't know immediately, oh my god, yeah. the world's over. What the fuck? Yeah. And then the kid that doesn't know, or the player that doesn't know, immediately goes into a shell yep. and they start making excuses. The oh, coach, I'll get it next time, or I got it. Instead of just okay, we made a mistake. And I know we can fix it because we have the tools to do it. And that's what ReadyList is, man. This is, I'm telling you, follow them on Twitter. Follow, get, get on the website and check it out. I cannot wait to be a part of this. I'm, yeah, so, I'm so happy that you guys, yeah. you guys want to work together, ReadyList and 6-0. It's going to be a huge tool for the Dungeon family moving forward and all the guys in college and the pros and shit, man. Phil Lindsay and Dalton Reisner, Sam Jones, and my, my Bronco guys are going to fucking love this. Yes. Connor McGovern is going to turn into the damn old line coach in here with all of his guys testing his own dudes. So check out, check out ReadyList. Yeah, at ReadyList Sports on Twitter and check us out. I mean, we're we're here to give you give these coaches and players a tool that can 
help them, help them succeed. And I know you've done this by fire off the ball, and the guy next to you doesn't know what to do. Oh, I so you it. step on him, and you yeah. hurt your ankle, or you hurt his well, ankle. Look, like uh, this my, is going to eliminate that. My my last rep in the NFL, unfortunately, was because of guys not knowing what they were doing. Uh-huh. I was out there with the threes playing center, and I didn't, I, you know, nobody else could snap. The other kid was hurt. And we were running gator left, you know, three by one gator yeah. left with the bunch and the, you know, the center and the tackle pole because the guard's covered by a three technique and the backside guy's a two eye. So when he goes to a two eye and instead of a one technique, I go, hey, I'm out, 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 out. out, out yeah. So the guard doesn't hear the out call and he doesn't know because he's a snot nosed damn rookie. <laughs> and he, he pulls two. So now we got three guys pulling and the three technique who just, we were in a, we, they were in an even front, so double threes. Three techniques, Jarvis Moss. Jarvis Moss, dumbass, runs straight up the field chasing the puller because he thinks we're pulling. And I step on Jarvis's foot, roll my leg to the ground, and break my ankle. And it's literally a day before we play Arizona in the last playoff game. There you go. And all of a sudden, my opportunity's gone because of a lack of knowledge. So just look, I'm a huge believer in this. That if you are not ready mentally, if you don't have your shit together off the field, if you're not ready mentally, you're never going to be a good teammate. And you're always going to be holding us back where we can go as a unit. So be a little selfish and know what you're doing so you can be the best teammate possible when that time comes. Good point. Tell them how to, tell them how to get a, a hold of you guys again. Yeah, go to readylistsports.com. There's uh, all the information, some demo videos, some more information on whether you're a youth coach coaching four-on-four flag or a high school coach coaching 11-on-11 football. We have the tool for you preloaded with playbooks, formations, plays, Everything you need to get up and running, to customize it to your liking, to your terminology. Yeah, readylistsports.com. Check it out. We've also made it highly affordable, so we're not going to break your bank to get the best tool out there. All right, so moving forward. Check that out. I'm excited to be a part yeah, of it. Man, moving forward. You. Denver Broncos, the draft. Yeah, I Look, I, I, I dig the draft. It's the NFL. I'm never going to sit here and act like it sucks. There's a lot of things that... The NFL doesn't do right. The draft's not one of them. I think that they, they do a good job with their product. I like the destination shit. The thing in Nashville seemed to really hit home. It's awesome for the kids. Yeah. I want your opinion on something. And I brought this up on, on the show earlier before you came on. I really, really, really hate Roger Goodell hugging and <laughs> chest bumping and dapping all these kids. I hate it. Like, I, I, re- I hate it to the point where... I don't want to be the old cogger in there. I'm like, oh, I hate excitement. I just feel like the same guys he's dapping up, he doesn't really care about them. He's not really their friend. He can't wait to find their fucking pants off. He can't wait to suspend them for stupid shit. He can't wait to deny advanced medical treatment and the future of medicine. We'll talk about that a little bit yes. later. I think people know what we're talking about. Um, I just, it's it's sending a message of... This is, everything's business, 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 but, hi. I just, no job on earth is the boss the first day going to do that. Yeah. And I don't, I don't like it. I really, it really bothers me. I, am I just overlooking it? No, I looking you're at not, this man. Or? I see it. I, I see it happen. You know, it's like, here comes Goodell, the crowd boos. Now he's happy and, you know, given uh, DAP to the, exactly. the new rookie that's with the Giants. But, you know, I, I have to think. Back to when I met Roger uh, at a playoff game a few years back, you know Roger, in my in, in my 
short amount of time with him seemed like not a bad guy to hang out with. Like, actually not a bad dude if he wasn't the commissioner. <laughs> so now he's the commissioner. He's got all this pressure put on him. He really can't make a move without checking with 32 other people. So imagine if you're There's like, no doubt about I need that. to go wipe my ass. Wait, I got to call 32 Jerry, people. Jerry, can I wipe my ass? Yeah, so here's a guy who's a little bit handcuffed. But I believe that in his defense, that's his one time to really actually see these guys. Because then after that, I don't think any you of really them will see him. You really think he's that excited They for will him? not see him. Unless they're in the commissioner's I office. I think he's really excited for them because right now the NFL is the talk of the town. It's been a talk for so long leading up to the draft. Do you think he's it's, excited? It's Do you it's think he's money. excited with, like, so there's 32 first-round draft picks. Great. You think he's excited for the one kid that gets hurt, doesn't get his pension, and then doesn't No, he's not vested in their long-term success. Got it really, that's why it pisses me off so much. Yeah, it, it's all for show, man. It's That's become such a big show. It's become, you know, a TV phenomenon that people actually sit and watch. But let's remember, we're in America. It's, Amer- it's you know, the, the American dream, right? And part of that American dream is to get drafted in the NFL. So these kids are really, their dreams are coming true. And then an here's the first time. person you get to come up and shake the what? hands with. And it's Roger Goodell trying to do his thing. So in defense of him, he should really get out and go to every camp. At the beginning of the year, he and should shake treat every, every player's player hands. like that. Yes, not just the that's first where rounders. He, that's bro. where he comes off and rubs me the wrong way. Is his, he genuinely doesn't show that he cares by doing the things like going camp to camp and actually getting to know the players and asking them, "What can I do better? What do we need to do better? What shall we do to What's help you?" What's the biggest problem long-term? in the players' union? Exactly, and even coming to us former players and saying, "What what would you have liked to have when you were playing? How about when you retired?" How about now, 15 years out? What's lacking from what we're doing for you? There's so much. But remember, he's the puppet of 32 billionaires. So what, and that's what he's going to do is make them happy. One thing you could change, being you retired in what, 06? Yep. Retired in 06, 10-year vet, played on two different teams, you know, played a lot of football games. What's the one thing you would change? If you could, right now, magic wand for ex-players. Oh, health insurance for the rest of your life. There's no doubt. Isn't it ridiculous that we don't have health insurance? Yes, it's insane. I have to pay $2,500 a month just to have health insurance nobody takes. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And now you have an HRA account, blah, blah. Yeah, but every... The Gene Upshaw? Yeah, that runs out. Gene Upshaw's bullshit. Every time I send them something, they deny it. Yeah, I feel you. That's really where... If I can do one thing as a former player and then go rest in my grave forever, that's going to be to get health insurance for... Every vested player in the NFL. That's not for me. That's for guys like you. That's for my men down front in the trenches. I mean, it's for my guys. I'm in here in meetings yesterday. They get done at OTAs. We come over here and congregate. It's a choice. They don't need to be here. They can go home and watch Game of Thrones or fucking play Fortnite if they want to. Which Game of Thrones? You watch that? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We need to talk about this. I can't wait till. Holy shit. (laughs) But, but, like, they could. They came in here for three hours yesterday. Phil and Dalton and Sam and Connor. I mean, the rookies in there. I'm looking at them, and I'm going, like Sam Jones, last year, bless his heart, he got hurt bad in camp. He, he messed up one of his vertebrae. And the, before he even knew it, he was getting a needle in his back. Oh, man. And I have a five-level cage fusion in my lower back. I'm in the middle of my concussion lawsuit shit. Yeah. I've got bad shoulders and hand. Like, I don't even know how many concussions I've had. I don't even remember really being tested for them. No. They're like, oh, your head hurts? Get used to it. <laughs> I just wish that I didn't have the pit in my stomach where I knew that they're going down the same fucking road and yeah money's great but the ability to play with your kids and have a normal life post career 
You don't feel it in your 20s, bro. Nope. And I didn't feel it. I was a, every, if I just would have listened sometimes, I probably would have extended my career another five years. Yeah. But it's so gun ho and they've made it this way because they refuse to pay guys. If you're not going to give us guaranteed contracts, we have to play hurt. And then you don't give us guaranteed health care? Yeah. What the fuck kind Something's of system wrong. is this? And then, we're gonna, then we'll spend money that could have actually funded a health fund for retired players over deflated balls. We'll waste a bunch Jesus. of money fighting a lawsuit, yet we won't put any funds into a, a health account that would fund every former player for the rest of their lives. And I don't mean now. I'm 44. I don't cost much for the NFL. In fact, I cost them... Nothing. Pennies. I get a massage here and there, do some yoga, a little acupuncture, maybe a chiropractic adjustment. That's it. But I'm 44. When I'm 65, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I hope I'm the same. But that's when stuff usually is like, hey, I need to get a shoulder. I need this, that, and the other done. If I haven't planned with my finances and done a really good You're job screwed. of studying them, I'm screwed. My wife is screwed. My kids are screwed. My family is screwed. you can't provide and either. all because of what? Playing for the NFL, yes. that's a multi-billion-dollar industry. So tax exempt, by the way. Ta- oh, there you go. That's that's amazing. So oh. don't don't don't. Oh, we boy. don't want to fight. We're going them. down this fucking road right now. We can't fight them because they are. We the need power to work together. But they, what we need is when this new CBA comes around, we need these old dudes that are hanging out, Brady, Breeze, Manning, who are going to really influence that because they are the Jeez. faces of the NFL. They need to know, like, hey, in five years, I'm going to be getting new hips, a new shoulder, a well, new everything. They need to fight in the new CBA for continued health coverage for all NFL vested players for the life of their They need to build an lives. NFL hospital. Like, post career, you can just go there and they take care of you. They need to figure out a way to get guys off opioids and, uh, and really look at marijuana as a medicine instead of just something that they suspend and control guys for. Yeah, it's a it's a you know it, it's it's a sad thing. If you look at the system, you look at who's in the system. It's not too far removed from our criminal justice system. I think system. it's ridiculous. It's, well, just it's think a horrible, about it like this. horrible way to treat professional athletes, grown men who want to actually medicate in different ways. Look, we I watch tape of like the Steel Curtain and those guys, and I'm like, yeah, this is awesome because I'm a football historian, I'm a history major. Like, yeah. I love this shit. I actually respect the game. Like, I know who guys, I, I grew up a fan. But I look at it and I'm like, that, these guys were fucking nuts. Like, they oh, were man. playing so hurt with no protection, no union, no money. And they were strictly good. They're working a real job in the offseason, too. And they're just bad motherfuckers. They can get away with it. They're going to look back at us and go, these guys were fucking crazy. Why did they keep playing without all these benefits? Why did they do all this? Why Why were they continuously being... Why did they continuously walk down the road of no return in college and the NFL knowing, knowing it was going to fuck them up and they didn't have any coverage and they still did it? And the answer to that is, there's no other way to play. Yeah. If I want to play in the NFL and I want to play pro football, this is the route I have to take because they have eliminated every other opportunity from a football get, standpoint. Put your head down, shut up, and don't and stand go to work. out. If and that do, sucks. I mean, Kaepernick's a great example. I mean, the guy got blackballed for taking a stand. But what he started and what transpired from that was a power grab from the players oh, yeah. who said, no, we're going to kneel. And they didn't listen to the owners, and they said, too bad, we're going to do this. That's where I believe the start, where this started. Now, it just depends the leaders that are playing currently 
if when that new time you, to renegotiate that CBA comes Do you think the one percent will in. sacrifice? Because in 2011, what really made me angry as a bottom of the roster practice squad guy that changed positions in my career, yeah. I fought my ass off to get my pension. Thank God I did. Yeah. What made me angry was when they they signed the CBA. Whatever it is, what it is, I didn't realize how shitty it was until 2015. But outside of one New York place or whatever it's called is Breeze and Brady and Ray Lewis and Jeff Saturday and a bunch of pro bowlers and one percenters. Yeah. A bunch of guys who have fuck you money. I was a I was a one percenter. You're a one percenter. Yeah. So what do you think it's going to take the one percenters on the team? to want to help the other 40 guys on the team that don't have that. Because I'm telling you, the other 40 guys need it so bad. They need yeah, it so Guys I, like me, if you, like, I'm trying to give everything pot. I'm not as physically gifted or I didn't have the same opportunities or I did something wrong and I dropped in the draft or whatever. But I'm trying to give everything I can to help. I'm just not making the same money. But I, I feel like there's, like, second-class citizens in the NFL. I want to oh, tell yeah. Phil Lindsay to stop playing. <laughs> like Phil's, Phil's undrafted. He'll never do it, and I, I doubt I'll ever say it to him. Yeah. But I'm telling you, why isn't Phil holding out right now? He already broke his wrist, and like, if I'm Phil, I'm not doing shit. You, I'm not How doing anything. I just made the fucking yeah. Pro Bowl. Why am I not being? Why am I not being renegotiated? One of the best players in the NFL getting paid pennies, pennies. For, for for what he's doing. Pennies. And you got to you make a great point there, and it's hard because. You know, they've made this thing where the quarterback makes all the money and then the real big players. And then, but the guys like, there are guys like myself. There's a lot more players that understand that we were nothing without our line, without our guys that were second stringers, third stringers that stepped up and pushed us to be better, that were always there for us. Once that happens, I think things can change. But, you know, it's an interesting, it's interesting. Will things change? Will the NFL lead that charge? Highly unlikely. (laughs) But, if the players can only understand, like, they have an opportunity coming up with this new CBA to grab 50% of, of the power. What, when, and, when will they do it? Why don't we know how much power we have? Do they act? Look, do we have no look power? At the, well, we don't have any power now, but I feel like we do. We should be. College football players opening day next year, okay? CU's playing Colorado State. Arizona State's playing whoever they're playing. But it's a big game, yeah. right? Alabama's Michigan playing State, whoever. Yeah, so you're open with Michigan State. It's a huge game. What if everybody locked arms and sat down? Do you think they'd be at the negotiating table the next day? Uh-huh. I do. You know how much money they're going to lose? Like the NFL players, do look, look at the AAF and the XFL and Europe failed and second tier football, people do not want to watch nope. it. They don't want to watch. Nope. They don't care. They don't want to watch it. So why in the hell can everybody look at that and go, okay, I'm just not going to play. That's what I, I was saying. Give a Why shit when anybody says about it. This is an unjust system. We got to fix. Well, because the the PR spin when like Pittsburgh doesn't come out of the locker room, but the one player that does is a former military, and now the PR spin is these are ungrateful Americans. No, no, no. They're not ungrateful Americans. They're just they, just they want don't want to fair. have to change everything to be wheelchair accessible when they're 50. So what? So they're thinking down the road, let's try to grab, grab some power. What back. drives me crazy is when like, like the average Joe, who's a huge NFL fan, gets mad at the NFL guy and goes, 
he's got so much money in oh, the no, bank. Yeah. Why is he doing that? And I'm like, dude, I signed for three thousand dollars coming out of college. I don't have yeah, shit. Like I, I'm, I'm a working man like you. I'm not a one percent. And you were expected to pick up tabs. Exactly. I'm a rookie. I, if I'm a NFL. rookie or a young guy, I'm. Everybody contributes. Exactly. Too. They're like, oh yeah, you tickets got all the money. and flights yeah. and loans and bullshit. Big time, man. Even even one percenters, guys that were blessed enough to get to that second contract through skill and just being healthy, because that's a huge part yeah, of it. But one percenters that don't plan. They lose all their Everything. money too because you live a lifestyle one Even time. Even if you for plan what, no Jake, your you're, look, you're 44 now. Yeah, you you got to a contract where you signed and you were happy with it, right? Yep. Like, okay, I got some, I got some security, I got some money in the bank, things are good. This is why I play. You've been gone for what, 15 years? Almost, four, like 13, 14 years. And and look, brother, if you don't fucking budget and do things like you're screwed. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm constantly screwed. changing my the way I live so there to is, this day. So there's no such thing anymore as just retiring. Yeah. there's the You said the 1%. The 1% is like, here's a good one for you. Sam Bradford. He won't work another day in his life. And he 70 and, million. And he might break his ankle walking down his steps. But, you know, it, it's all... There's no way to really make... It, it, it fair to everybody, but I do believe there are things they could put in place. I mean, there's an O line, and the O line is not just a left tackle; it's five guys. That pay across the line should be pretty much the same. I believe it's I not agree. one of them is more important than the other. Yes, a left tackle is so important to protect the quarterback's backside, but is he more important than a center? We're we're seeing that now with centers getting drafted higher, guards getting drafted higher, getting paid more because they realize now that. All five of those guys are important. There should just be a pool of money that's split from between those five. They have a salary cap. I don't know why they don't exploit it. You know, it what kills me about the salary cap is, like Cleveland and Oakland are like a hundred hundred million dollars over the, or under the salary cap, yeah. and they go spend a little bit of it, and they're like, "Oh, we don't have any money." And I'm like, "You could pay everybody the yeah. right way if you would just stop being a dick." Yeah. All right. So it is what it is. We can talk about we'll this all day. There, that voice you hear is uh, Bronco Great Jake Plummer here at Six Zero Studios at Six Zero Strength and Fitness on. McChesney Unsamed on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to episode 35. Make sure you check out Ready List Sports and 60strength.com. So, the Broncos draft. We'll try and move forward here, all right? They go Noah Fant in the first round, tackle or the tight end from Iowa. Number 42, they pick Dalton Reiser from Kansas State, who's Dungeon Family, a guy I've been working with since 15 years old. He's already in the room. He's pretty killer. Now, I like the Draymond Jones pick. I think he'll be a good player. Justin Hollins, probably be a special teamer early. Seems like a good player. Winfrey from CU, huge body, good hands, good catch radius, was hurt last year. He probably would have gone higher. I'd like him to make the team contribute on special teams and be a guy. And I think he could be a good player down the road. Coach Chivarini speaks volumes of that kid. I want to talk to you about Drew Locke. You know, everybody, Dalton Reiser's going to be fine. He's one of my linemen. My linemen kick ass. Yeah, all right. Drew Locke, okay? <clears throat> Second round, he gets overlooked. The last guy I saw get overlooked like this was Aaron Rodgers, and it seemed to work out pretty good for him. Daniel Jones, Drew Locke, Haskins, these quarterbacks that when they go, the negativity towards David Jones being the sixth pick, I mean, he's just a pick. Yeah. Drew Locke in the second. From a developmental standpoint, Jake, what do you think these guys should focus on number one? Like, after the... The back padding's done, and they, they sign their contract, and they get in the room, and the real work starts. What's the number one thing you would say to these young cats? Man, that's tough because there's so much they got to learn that 
you can't learn it all at once when you're diving into a new playbook. You just have to systematically go about the way you learn. Uh, but the first thing that you must do, and I believe that when I got into the league, I try to do it, is see how quickly and whatever the best route to gain their respect. But that really can't be, you know, can't can't earn that till you go out on the field and play. And I, I liken back to like Trevor Simeon, you know, who was like seventh round pick. No one expected him to be there. Guys I said, you've got to learn your, you got to earn your respect one way and one way only. And that's when you get your ass killed in a play, you jump right back up and get in the huddle. But otherwise, like for, for Locke coming in as a rookie, you're sitting behind a all, all pro Flacco. I love Flacco. Flacco I, the pickup is awesome. It, He's like the best play action quarterback in football. Dude. He loves throwing to the tight end. They drafted the tight end. Yes. He does really good with teams that run the shit out of the football. I feel like we're going to run the yep, shit out of the yep. football. And he does really good with teams that can rush the passer by controlling the time of possession and not giving the ball to the other team. That's like his it's M.O. Huge. So right now, Locke, you get to know Flacco. And you don't come in trying to take his job. Basement. You come in and just try to learn from him. And what do, do I do today, Papa Everything that Flacco does, <laughs> you emulate that. You ask as many questions as you can until Flacco's like, get away from me. Like I have, a, I have a five-year-old who just asks question after question, and by the time I answer, he's got another question. He wants it all. You need to be that five-year-old that can't wait for the answer to ask another question. So that's what he's got to do. He's got to come in and show to not only his rookie class, but to everyone in that building that's established, I'm here to learn. You think I'm here he'll to do be everything a good I can. I think he'll be a great bet. Yeah, so do I. Yeah, I think he'll be a great bet. Jensen speaks so highly to Joe Fleck. We played with him for a long time in Baltimore. I don't Jensen's know him personally, but... He speaks so highly of him. Yeah. He's a true pro. I know, like, the the people in the world because of fucking sports center. He's really monotone. doesn't seem like he cares. I'm like, what are you talking about? This guy looks like he gives a shit to me. He just doesn't want to talk to you. Exactly, because <laughs> if he said anything outlandish, then guy, you guys are going to turn it into some bullshit. Cut a few words out here or there to make it a negative statement. But I think Flacco's a great pickup, and I think Locke couldn't have found himself in a better spot. I was a 42nd pick in the second round myself. There you so. go. There's nothing wrong with that. I just wanted to have a shot. He's getting a shot to come in here to a place that failed just recently on a first-round quarterback, so they cannot fail on this one. So everything that that you need, young kid, it's going to be provided to you so long as you show the ambition, the drive, and the desire to come in here and one day take the keys to this, this bus and drive it. Because I, this I, is the best organization in football, in football hands down. wholeheartedly. I will say this. You say everything is provided to him. I agree to a point. Yeah. I think that in the age of information, ignorance is a choice. And if he's not understanding, please don't just agree, Drew. Yeah, don't. I work with McGovern, and McGovern played with Drew at Missouri. Drew's a freshman, and McGovern was a senior. They're close. They've talked throughout the last three years. I'm glad they're here together because Connor's the center now, and, yeah. and, and Drew's awesome. the, the second-string quarterback. All you need to do, young man, is learn. That's it. Just like Jake said, sew yourself to Joe Flacco's ass and follow him around, and whatever he does, try and mimic it, because that guy, I think Joe's I think Joe's a Hall of Famer. I mean, if, if he comes to he Denver and, and, and has three or four years of productive football, and he wins the playoffs, another ring here in Denver, oh, he'll over. be a Hall of Famer. Over. This is one more thing I'll say to you, Locke, is this. The windows get smaller in the NFL. And the only way to learn where that little window gap is is to throw into sh- stuff you're not supposed to. So and learn. I'm like, glad you brought that up. Learn it. Throw picks. 
Throw another pick. If the coaches don't throw any more picks. 161 yes, interceptions baby, in your career. That's crazy, And the dude. only way I learned I could do it at the next level was in practice on the scout team, and the coach would tell me to throw it here, and I would throw it where I wanted And so, to. like, the layman will look at those numbers and be like, oh, he threw 20 touchdowns and 20 picks for 10 years. No, 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 no. The end of your career, like the last four or five yeah, years of your career, oh, my God, your, your efficiency was through the roof. Yep. The Shanahan system fit you to a T, and I thought that the efficiency – it, the learning from your your early years in Arizona where the teams, I'm not going to say they were bad, but they weren't great. And I remember you playing a playoff game in Minnesota. And yeah. you guys beat Minnesota in the... No, we beat Dallas. You beat lost Dallas Minnesota. and went to Minnesota. Then lost I remember you beat Dallas in Dallas, right? Yep. Yep. And then you went to Minnesota. I remember you running around like your fucking head Crazy. was cut off just trying to survive. Yep. Just rifling the ball. And it's just, it's a, it's a learning moment, Drew. Go out there and fire the rock. You're paid to throw it. Don't hold it. Yep. All right. So, <laughs> how do you feel about the Broncos moving forward? You you know John. You know the way he thinks. You think they should take Chris Harris and get it over with? Uh, you know Chris Harris is is one of the best corners, if not the best corner in the league. He's slotted to make nine million next year. He wants fifteen. Do do you give him? Do, do you just bend? Because I'm up. Look, I'm of the mindset <laughs> that he should probably swing the hammer when he has the power because there's no guaranteed contract. They can easily just cut him, but $9 million is $9 million, True. and if I'm Chris, I'm going to work and then telling them I want the extension while I'm at work. I'm not sitting at home and saying, I don't. I want the extension to pay me or I'm not coming. I guess just I don't know. see who you're picking a fight with. I'm not with. trading his ass, I'll tell you that. See who you're picking a fight with, because right now I think the people that have tried to pick a fight with, with John, work. They, they lose. It barely worked with Vaughn. Yeah, he's not going to bend off of what he believes. John Elway is who he is because he's confident and he's had success. When everyone around him fails, he has success. So don't pick that fight unless you're ready to go there. But yeah, like you like you said, get all you can. I mean, if you're worth 15 and I mean, you truly believe it, I then believe, fight for that. I believe Chris is right. I believe that he should get paid. But yes. I also believe that John doesn't care. <laughs> and, you know, maybe like you said – Getting paid will happen when he just comes to work and shows like, hey, the team is more important than an extra four or five million dollars. Winning championships is more important than money. Personally, I never played for the money. They just said they'd pay me a lot of money to That's play in the NFL. So I was I like, shit, I guess I'll go. All right. So, uh, so look, I think the Broncos have a very high ceiling next year, but yes. I think they have a low basement too. So, it's all about how they, you know, go with Vic and they, they. The new first-year OC that he doesn't come in trying to be, you know, the big dick on the block that he works with everybody and it's give and take with Joe and development. Yeah. I can't stand contentious coaching. Like I'm here with you. It's hot. I understand. Yeah, football's yeah. hard. I understand they're going to beat me sometimes, but unless I'm just fucking up every rep, I don't need you yelling at me yeah. all the time. And I'm of the mindset that. The minute you scream at me, I'm coming back at you because I'm a grown-ass man. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing these these young kids going into the league got to understand. I talk to them about it damn near every day we meet. Do not go in there and just be a yes-sir guy. If somebody barks at you, you better fucking get some nuts and bark back. If you have if you have some nuts to stand on, then then bark back, of bark. course. Uh, you better be right, And though. that comes, though, with respect. Absolutely. And the fact that you carry yourself as a professional, that you're on time, that you're in the weight room. Don't be a fuckboy and then yeah. and start barking because then can. you're just loud. But, you know, one thing that's encouraging to me is Scangrello. He's not married. He doesn't have a girlfriend. I don't even know if he has a dog. All football. This dude's going to be in there putting 
every player on that offense in position to succeed. So if they respond to him, which I, I truly believe they will, every word I can gather from out in public. All I keep hearing is awesome. Yeah. This coach is players love him. They had nothing but good things He comes out of that tree in Washington from Shanahan that had McVeigh, LaFleur. Same kind of system they're bringing to Denver. Yes, dude. So there is heavy, heavy run, heavy, heavy play action. Guys are going to love this system. Guys are going to get wide open. Just listen to this cat and and work your ass off to get all the, the wrinkles ironed out through camp and through the summer. And I think I really believe they're going to be right in the hunt. I, I mean, think they're a playoff team. You've got to compete with Kansas City now and a dynamic playmaker in Mahomes. Flacco's not that. So the the I think the impetus is put on that O-line to definitely band together and protect Flacco. He's not going to move. He's not going to get out of the no, pocket. He's not no, going to be dodging we've guys. We've so got to kick some ass That O-line front. has to shore up, whether that means going heavier on the protection side, leaving in six, leaving in seven, whatever it is, there's got to be protection for him to do what he does well. So a lot of pieces have to fall in place, but I feel like there's some guys in their third, fourth year, that's when you see the big yeah. jump from like, I'm just a dipshit we'll loving this in the out. league yeah. and having fun to like, okay, I'm four years in, I got a chance for a new contract and I might play 19 and years. I'm seeing it now, like Connor's going into focused. the last year, rookie yeah. deal. Phil's going into year two, fresh off of Pro Bowl. He doesn't like rookie minimum anymore. That's Sam's it. going into year two. He wants to start. They just draft Dalton in the second. They're saying he's going to start. Now there's, you know, two guys that grew up together in this room. So now badass, getting drafted <laughs> one year to to the Broncos, and next year Dalton goes, and now they're competing for a job. It's so awesome! It's so fucking cool. I don't know what to that, do with myself. That breeds some amazing. Just team. imagine just how yep. hard they're gonna work. They're gonna work their asses off for each other, not mm-hmm. just for themselves. I mean, I'm telling you, the sky's the limit for the Broncos. I know we sound excited, and we should. It's yes. football. Get excited! All right. Lastly, uh, that's the uh, the voice of Jake the Snake Plumber. I am Matt McChesney on episode 35. McChesney Unchained on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Remember to follow at 60 Academy on Twitter and Instagram and then BSN Unchanged on Twitter and we'll answer any and all questions you have. And follow Jake at Snakes Takes. At Snakes Takes and at Ready List Sports. Amen. All right. Lastly, Arizona State, Colorado is the first Pac-12 game next year. This series has been when CU finally figured out how to play in the Pac-12 when they kind of got their shit together. Last couple of years, it's been back and forth. Yeah. You know, the last year in Folsom, they got CU got a win. The year before, by the way, the Tillman uniforms, holy shit, those are those are incredible. Yeah, those are so out. incredible. <laughs> um, but that they were up in, in, in the desert, and ASU came back and beat them. The year before that, CU won. The year before that, Arizona State won. There's a little bit of, I, I hear Sam Jones went to Arizona State, and I hear him talking with the CU guys, and there's Sam and Phil bitching at each other. There's some bite there. I know your rivals Arizona and you guys hate SC, but do you think that that could turn into a nice little little hate fest? I think so. I think that across the Pac-12, we're seeing a lot of teams really step up. I mean, got to throw Utah in the mix there too as a team that like does it right. I don't like well. them. I no. like them. I like but the coaches. I like but their style when I have to play them, I'm like, shit, exactly. we have to play Utah. It's their style of ball. They play like fundamentally yeah. sound, Smash legitimate coach, play action, football. yeah. So as this thing goes, I mean, I, I love what ASU's doing. I like their new facilities. I love the Herm hire. I think that they're going to go into this year very possibly with the freshman quarterback that's going to be nice. green and, like, who knows what he's going to bring to the table. But a CU-ASU rivalry, yes, it could happen. 
it doesn't happen by us talking about it. It happens, no, by, it us happens like, by a moment. By like exciting games where teams come from behind. Both teams where, good. Yeah, and both teams be like good. If, both, if, if CU walks in 3-0 and to start Pac-12 play and Arizona State walks in 3-0 and to start Pac-12 play, that's that game start, really means that's something. That's how you start getting Big it. Time. But U of A will always be a rival. It's the last game of the year. It's our in-state. The other college in-state. That's always going to be a rival. But when you can add a couple more in there, it just keeps the players more focused, keeps the fans engaged. And uh, it's a quick flight from Arizona to Colorado. Sure, yeah, so man, bring the fans down you guys here, have take the fans up there. And they're out, I'm out there. Out. <laughs> Get me an In-N-Out burger in Denver, for God's sakes. Yeah, man. I, I just like – I. I like seeing CU do well the last few years. I was sad to see them collapse last year. That Having Mel come in now is exciting just because I live in Boulder, and I like to root for the local team. I'm, I pay attention to what's going on at CU. Sure, we're going to have to grow some games. Although, I, I will root for ASU always. I mean, I got their shirt on under my As sweatshirt. You should. You're a that's my devil. only You're loyalty in blood with football is, it, is ASU. And that's the way I feel, too. My only true loyalty is to CU yeah. on Saturday. Sunday is fun. I watch Sunday. Like, if the Broncos win, cool. If they don't win, eh, cool. Yeah. If the Jets win, cool. If they don't yeah. win, eh, cool. <laughs> exactly. If the Dolphins win, eh, cool. If they don't win, eh, cool. Who gives a shit? <laughs> but it's entertaining. But see you, like if they, I'm it's yelling at the TV, like, no, tackle him, run, oh my God. <laughs> so it's pretty fun. All right, so uh, spoiler alert. If you watch Game of Thrones, stop the show. Bro, Game of fucking Thrones. That was the most incredible. I've watched it four times. The episode is so badass. I just... Unreal. Okay, so, one. um, How are the Targaryen two going to figure this out? I don't know. I know they're going to go back to killing each other, right? They're they're down down one dragon because they killed the Night King's dragon. Two... Why is Arya Stark such a badass? Oh my God. <laughs> I, I do not want to fight her. She's she a fucking monster. Yeah. And then the the way that they got the Red Woman back into it and the oh my God, dude, just yeah, I I'm blown away by what they did in this show. I, I I get more like excited watching that because it's it's really something I can't even fathom. You know, I can't I can't fathom a world where this kind of stuff is going on. Makes and me want to get in some so... chainmail. Yeah. Like, I want to, can I swing a hammer at a white walker? Put on the little mask and hold the spear and say, yes, Khaleesi, whatever you want. Uh, In fact, that's what I call my wife, Khaleesi. Khaleesi, I like it. So, you know, it's it's awesome. It was fun. It was entertaining. Uh, The the intensity of that entire episode from start to finish was like, Like I was was anxious and shit. When it ended, I was really sad. I was like, I was cheering. When they they won, I was like, Woo! At like 11 o'clock at night, yes. my wife's like, the kids are asleep. I'm like, I don't care. They should be watching this. So it just, it, it's incredible. It was amazing. So yeah, are they going to, who's going to win? Oh, I don't know. Come on, it's prediction, dude. Give me your prediction. Well, yeah, you can't beat, you can't beat the, the, the How dragons. How going to beat man. dragons? How can you win against dragons? Cersei. There's no way. We're coming for your Cersei. ass. We're going to get you. No way. I mean, the, the Lannisters have already switched over their alliances. It's yeah, just, both the cool Lannisters the are, are on wins. the good side. Bad never wins. Good always prevails. So. Unless you're in Game of Thrones. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> it's entertaining. All right, so that's episode 35 of McChesney Unchained on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. I am your host, as always, Matt McChesney. Thanks for listening. Big thanks to Jake Plummer for coming into studio and uh, throwing some competitive banter at us here on McChesney Unchained. Go check out Red List Sports. It's the future of of uh, uh, thinking man's football. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have it uh, you know, interwoven with the fabric here at 6-0 moving forward. I'm excited about it. So 
Go check out Ready List. Check out Six Zero. Thank you to Jake, and thank you for everybody to listen. Uh, this is episode 35, and that's a wrap.